Hey there, folks. I uh, wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor, in our opinion, is the easiest way to make a podcast today. First off, it's free, and we obviously like that. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or even your smartphone. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on all the big name streaming services, talking Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a bunch more, all the places you listen to our podcast. You can generate money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are getting into podcasts or it's something that interests you, then download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final episode of Two Loud Adams for 2020. Yeah, welcome to uh, This Is It. This is the final episode. We uh, it came a little quicker than any of us expected, honestly, but uh, we can only play with the hands we're dealt in life and uh, in the league and in uh, sports in general, I suppose. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, normally what we intended for this to be was the, uh, the Hartford recap and the Pittsburgh recap, potentially. Uh, I, if you've been following us on Twitter and social media, um, this Adam right here, I, I had to step away for a period of time as my wife and I welcomed our, our daughter into the world. Um, excited news. But, that's right. Yeah. So exciting news with that, but uh, come back and, uh, and the world of, of soccer, professional soccer in Loudoun County is falling apart. What happened, Adam? Well, the short do? version is, <laughs> Hey, don't look at me. I didn't actually uh, go to the stadium <laughs> that day. You can't prove it. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> but, it's, no, and it's okay. but no serious, but seriously though, apparently, uh, there was an unknown number of staff and possibly players on Loudoun United that tested positive for COVID-19. We don't yeah. know how many, but we do know it was multiple. It's, and, it's either uh, that or our, our coaching staff uh, racked up too many yellow cards. Just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. We'll, um, get, yeah, yeah, but we'll get into that later, the discipline <laughs> stuff. But, yeah. anyway, but anyways – so we, but, we're changing route here a little yeah. bit. What we were going to do is we were going to have yeah. that recap. But instead, yeah. now we're going to have our end of the season episode uh, sooner than we anticipated. But that's okay. It gives us a longer off season to kind of prep and be ready to provide you with a better show uh, next year in, in season 2021. Yep. And hopefully by then we'll have kicked COVID's ass and we'll be back at the stadium without having to worry about uh, catching anything. That's right. So we're, we're going to briefly touch on um, the last game that we didn't cover, the Pittsburgh game. We're going we're gonna to wrap up the, the season with a couple of uh, – we're going to talk about the group F and how that plays out and, and uh, a little bit of team talk as well. We're going to finish off the episode with our season-ending awards. We've got a couple of awards to dish out to some players. But uh, the biggest notable piece of this episode that we're having is we have a special guest coming on um, – if you're reading the description for this episode before you press play, you already know who it is. Um, Ooh, yeah, uh, oh, Captain, our captain is going to be on on the line. He'll be calling in shortly, and that's uh, Pebo Due. Pebo Due, our captain, the man who's been uh, holding down the defensive side for a little while as well. Yeah, and I guess he's too. by default the old man on yeah, the, the old uh, team, man. considering most of the team is you know closer to the. Uh, mid to late teens yeah it feels like. and and, uh, and so we're going to talk about him he's he's had a pretty long uh, career in, in the professional soccer uh, spotlight and, and we definitely want to 
want to pay respect to, to our captain this year and, uh, you know, one of the founding uh, players as well uh, last year. Um, but before, you know, he calls in, we're going to just real quick touch on uh, an at-home loss to Pittsburgh Riverhounds, a, a game oh, we're not my. really expected to win, although you could say we've been in almost every game this season that yeah. we played even against the most stark uh, competition. But so, you know, Pittsburgh comes down to town. They're in first place at the time in Group F and, and I think had the best record in the East. They were, they were currently the number one seed overall in the East and, you know, just really, really revving hot, um, not letting goals yeah. in. And They're still jostling with Hartford for the uh, top of the group yep. in as much as that matters for playoff position. Yeah. Well, but I think at the time there, they were, they were top of the East um, in, in totality. Yeah. And so, um, they, they come into town and you're expecting them to just kind of bulldoze us a bit. You know, we've let in some, some, some goals some cheap goals, but um, you know, a first half that I think we dominated in and a second yeah. half, I think we, we played um, maybe 49%, you know, of the ball. We, we were, we, we weren't dominating as much, but we certainly were in the game and, yeah. and an unlucky uh, goal. Not to know. mention some very good saves from Lefebvre. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there. Um, that could, that kept it from being so much worse. Yeah, so an unlucky goal, uh, I think I'm not even looking at the numbers, somewhere in like the 84th minute just kind of ended ended our Technically the 81st season. by Albert Dicqua, but okay. uh, go on. So, so yeah, and, and that, uh, you know, unfortunately ends up being the last bit of play that uh, that Loudon sees in the 2020 season, um, you know, after the, the breakdown yeah. and the Hartford trip couldn't happen, and uh, yeah. Fortunately, uh, the way that the rules are set up is that with a positive test, the, you have to stay out for 14 days until, you know, after repeated testing, you show that nobody comes back positive. And, a, and there, were, there were only three games left to play in the season for Loudon. So. And a quick correction, uh, not Hartford, uh, Charleston. It was the Charleston trip that we were going to be heading to that we uh, ended up getting booted, but that's, that's okay. So, yeah. So, yeah um, you know, definitely a bummer, but a bummer way to end it. You know, we end the season on, on one win, um, handful of ties, and uh, a, a bag full of, of losses. Not, not it was the way a, we won. Um, it was a one nine three record. Yeah. So, Group F uh, is – Fortunately, that nine was not the draws. <laughs> group F is, is run and done. Um, it, we, we know who is making out of Group F for the five teams. We've got Hartford Athletic and Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Right now, um, as Adam just said, the contention is between the two for first place and, and kind of seeing, you know, how, how the, the bracket lines up. Um, yeah, they're only separated by a point in the standings right now, so it's anybody's game. Yeah. All, Though if it, comes down, to... if it comes down to goal differential, Pittsburgh's going to beat the tar out of Hartford. All we can do really at this point is just kind of is kind of watch, um, and that's okay. So so we'll do that. Um, but yeah, Group F is is pretty much uh, in in the books. Um, it's it's uh, <laughs> yep done. Um, and I, I, yep, and sixteen points separating them from the third place team, New York Red Bulls Junior. Excuse me, New York Red Bulls Two. Yeah. So, you know, when the season started, I think we looked at this group and thought we really had a chance at not only advancing to the playoffs, but, but also we had a chance at, uh, at maybe winning it. You know, I think that we looked at Hartford, maybe, you know, it's a team that we hadn't always performed against, but a team that was also in its second year um, as a professional soccer team and definitely a chance there. Um, didn't to mention anticipate... that, you know, they ended the last year on a four game win streak, including an amazing seven to three victory in front of the home crowd yeah. at Segre Field. I know I, I even convinced my parents to uh, make the trip down there from Maryland and they loved it. Yeah. 
Well, we, um, yeah, so, so, so Hartford didn't anticipate them to, to be, um, you know, as, as talented as, as what they were, uh, you know, kudos to, to the Hartford squad for, for, for really nailing in yeah. that, that number two spot, um, you know, almost thought that the, the number two spot was probably New York's to grab because they under their current coach have never missed the playoffs, but um, this is a wonky year. So I mean, it's, it's not a huge deal that they didn't, um, yeah. but yeah, so, so the bottom of the group and uh, unfortunately that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, and that's the way, that's what we got to accept at the end of the season, but that's, that's no yep. biggie. And it's also, I think a learning experience for all of us in that uh, it's the rosters are a lot more ephemeral than they'd be at the top tier. Yeah. You know, people, people graduate, people go off, to, some of the younger ones go off to college or they uh, they're good enough to get called up to the mothership in uh, DC or they just, you know, decide to try their luck with another team somewhere. Yeah. So speaking of that mothership, um, DC <laughs> is still playing soccer. Um, you know, it's not the same because, right, it's, uh, there's no crowd there to my understanding still. Yeah, they're not allowed. And they have cardboard cutouts in the stands, but it's not yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're, they're still playing. We've got them to watch, although I think that they're, uh, as a team, kind of underperforming, trying to find uh, a way to score goals. But – a yeah. goal did come um, during the, the break in, in episodes uh, from a young Griffin Yao, a uh, young then 17-year-old oh, wow. Griffin Yao. Who the guy who the scored the first team. goal in Loudoun United history. Yeah, that's right. So he, um, he did score our first ever goal. So young Griffin Yao, then 17, um, now uh, who recently last week turned 18 and uh, the same week got his first professional MLS start so big big kudos to uh former Loudoun united player um and now uh through and through dc united player griffin yao and now you're old enough to vote so get out there buddy yeah so um you know huge huge props we got you know the the rest of the the folks out there kevin uh, paredes and uh, moses uh, nyman as well um they're, they're getting regular playing action out there so it's, it's good to see and, and so for, for for those of you looking for you know, some Loudoun United uh, type action. Uh, that's, that's still happening, um, you know, in, in our uh, parent, parent club, I guess you could call them. Yep. And on top of that, there's a report from Stephen Goff in the Washington Post that Cairo and Mustafa and one other player to be named have gotten, are getting tryouts with uh, DC United. So who knows, maybe we see them in a black and red uh, uniform in the near future. Oh, that's uh, that's either terrible news or great news. I guess it's uh, it's great news, great news for DC because uh, Cairo is the man. But uh, terrible yeah. news for us if we if we don't ever see him back on our. Yeah, we love you, Cairo. So. Hey, so we got uh, we got Peebo. Looks like who is uh, currently logging in. We told you we had our, our guest on the line. Uh, Peebo, you got you uh you have comms over there. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. What's hey, up, there you are. Awesome. Welcome, welcome to Two Loud Adams. Yeah, What's welcome aboard. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we're, so we talked about a little bit about how the, the season, you know, ended short. Um, I think that's everybody, it's kind of the conversation everybody's talking about and how yeah. um, a little bittersweet, but uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to be happy about, a lot to be thankful um, when, when you look back on, on, a, on what was a weird season and what could have yeah. been worse um, and all that. But uh, yeah, man, uh, we, we felt it, it was, you were the ideal person, the person we had to have on the line for our last episode of the season, um, being not only our captain, our leader, you know, a huge proponent of um, all the different supporting organizations to, to Loudoun United, but, 
but also because uh, rumor has it you are officially retiring from professional soccer. Is that is this true? This is true. This is true. The cat's <sighs> out of the bag. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> after, after you let the cat out of the years. bag, right? You, you, uh, <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. I did. <laughs> Just making sure yeah, that wasn't yeah. a rumor. I, I, I blew social it. media. <laughs> nah yeah um yeah i mean this season goes without being said it was kind of a kind of a weird weird season just with the the delay and covid and you know just a heavy heavy year for everybody pretty much but uh you know after after eight years of playing i you know i felt like this is a time to kind of hang them up and and explore a new chapter and and kind of go in a different direction then Awesome. You get a preview That's... of that next chapter, or are you still writing the page? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna tease up with a little bit. I'm, I'm heading to Vegas. I'm gonna be like a dancer or something. <laughs> 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 no, in all seriousness, there's a there's a, a few opportunities that you know fortunately have come up. You know, within coaching and then also like on the marketing side of things. Um, That's you know, wonderful to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm blessed, blessed um, that you know such a supportive like network of people that kind of like you know, see and pay attention and kind of like been supporting me for this long, this long journey. So, uh, you know, a couple few people reached out and just kind of presented those things. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, kind of taking these next few weeks to kind of just relax and just, uh, just process and digest everything and kind of, you know, just see what's out there. And then, you know, hopefully within a month, I'll get back to, you know, business and start, start getting after things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Well, hopefully, uh, if if coaching or even marketing, hopefully uh, both those things happen in this area, man. We'd we'd love to keep you in uh, in DMV. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got a lot of fans here, for so sure. that's awesome. For sure, for sure. No, yeah, for sure. So, so people, you had a massive career, right? You know, you just said uh, eight years in the professional spotlight. You know, of course, with the many years leading up to it in academy times for different organizations and and playing in college. But um, how many, uh, you know, in those eight years, how many pro teams did you play for? I played for six teams. Um, yeah, six teams in the U.S. In, oh, excuse me, five USL teams, one NESL team, and then if you want to count my loan spell to NYC, that's one MLS team. Um, but that last like three three weeks, it was just you know for guys that were injured, but it was a great experience. Hey, that counts. Heck yeah, man. Counts. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a. I mean, it was an unbelievable experience, man. Just like being able to come on and be around the likes of like players like David Villa and and Pirlo and even Vieira coaching like it was unreal it was unreal. dude <laughs> wow. yeah I bet man that's crazy yeah, yeah so. where, where did you get loaned from Wilmington so we we had a I think it was uh 2016 there was a partnership kind of like um you know when MLS were kind of like finding USL teams to partner with yeah and we were sure. partnered with NYCFC so throughout the year we would send guys up there and then um after our season had finished we missed out on the playoffs for like one point uh, yeah, it was on. Unre- it was it was so whack. But um, that's so yeah, late. They they uh they uh asked for like four four of our players on the Hammerheads because they had like international call ups, uh injuries, and then they had like a friendly in Mexico, and uh yeah, so they called like four of us up, and you know I was one of them. It was a great experience. Got to play, subbed on for Pirlo. Um, you know it was it was awesome. That's awesome. freaking cool. So that you actually, that, that brings me right into the next piece of this question I've got. So, you know, with all these, these, you know, you said five, five USL, one NASL, and, and of course the, the NYCFC time of all the players and teams you played, all the players you played with, who mm-hmm. in your mind was the most influential player you played with? 
Man, that's that's you getting me you teeing me up for trouble right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, dude. I mean, sorry. Excuse my language. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. It's still good. You're good. Here. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, that's a tough one because you know I had this conversation with Kiefer this today, and like after I announced uh, my retirement, like it was good to get like all the likes and the comments from everybody on on social media, but like a few of my former teammates reached out to me and, and like actually called me which I had like I had no expectation so um that was like I don't know it just felt like different so I don't know I feel bad saying this but like Austin Deleuze is somebody that I I talked to uh recently about you know his whole transition and you know during my time in North Carolina he was like a, he was like a great leader like he for me he was my type of captain because he wasn't necessarily like a a rah-rah guy, um, but he's still led by example. Um, and I thought that was great. I thought that was awesome. He did all the right things. Like, when it came to play, he was – you always knew what you are going to get from him. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, bro, like, I, just thinking back, there's just so many players that, you know, going back to Oklahoma City, one of my best friends, Cyprian Hedrick, um, you know, he's kind of like my older brother. We played together in, in Phoenix. And then, um, you know – got the chance to play together for two years in Oklahoma and, you know, just a great relationship that we've, we've had to this day. Like I was in his wedding. Um, oh, wow. He'll be, he'll, he'll be in mine when the time comes, but. That's uh, right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's when right. The time comes. But uh, yeah, no, like, honestly, I can, I can come up with the whole list, but you know, off bat, those are two guys that I, I really think of when I think about my career and people that I've played with, you know. That's a perfect answer. I love it. It's amazing. Um, Try not to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Um, I know something. So I heard you were you were uh, born, raised in Tacoma Park. Yeah, yeah. So, Just, so yeah, born, born in Tacoma Park, raised in kind of the the Germantown area. Oh, Germantown interesting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, I guess growing up, did you always know you're going to get into uh, pro soccer, or was there uh, something else you were into before you took that route? No, it was all soccer, man. My mom would tell you, <laughs> she would tell you like, uh, soccer was always number one priority. Um, you know, and I'm thankful that she, she kind of put me in a good space to kind of explore that and just have that freedom to, to kind of go where I want to go with it, you know? Um, but yeah, soccer was always that, that, uh, that go-to. I grew up playing for like a, a few different clubs. I played for Bethesda. I played for a club called MSC United and then uh, eventually got to uh, DC United Academy. That's right. And then, yeah, and then that went well. All of us who were on the squad were pretty much, um, you know, focused and driven towards like signing a homegrown. You know, that was a squad with like Bill Hamid, um, yeah, Ethan, sure. Ethan White, Andy Nahar. Um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of guys ended up making it. I'm not sure if you've listened to our podcast before. One of the things we do each episode um, that a the other Adam, uh, if you see him on here, he, he does a, um, like a, a spotlight on Academy players each, each week. And um, yeah. we almost wanted to like end the season. There's no need to do it now. Right. Cause it ended all weird and wonky, but yeah. we wanted to end the season on an Academy spotlight with you, because even yeah. though you're not a kid, you're not one of these like 17 year olds, you know, but you did come at one point through the oh, for Academy. Sure. So we were like, it would have been a cool like little thing to do, but it's like, uh, yeah, no, seriously, that that's that's that would have been yeah. awesome. I would have been game for that because it's yeah. funny. A lot of these um, these guys like Koo didn't know I was part of the academy. 
Yeah. Um, you know, Diego Gomez, like a lot of these kids were like, you play for the academy? And they're like, obviously like thinking I'm ancient, but like, you know, <laughs> it, they're, they're still surprised when they hear that. Like, I'm like, I'm one of you guys. I, I was in your shoes before. Um, Dude, but you are ancient to them. I mean, like, <laughs> seriously. You know, like seriously. It's, yeah, it's, you're kind of the old guy by default on the team. By default, man. And <laughs> yeah. the funny thing is like Elvis, Elvis isn't, isn't that far off in age, but he right. gets zero slander. The slander is all directed <laughs> towards me. So I have to like, I have to run with the punches, but I've embraced it. I've embraced it. Um, brilliant. You know, it's, it's, it's a perfect, perfect and uh, fitting role for me. Yeah. Um, I guess um, you're both 28 years old, technically. Yeah, yeah. Like you would have known, you wouldn't have known that because literally nobody says anything to Elvis. He just flies under the radar. Yeah, you're absolutely right though. I, I've never known his age and I would have assumed he was just kind of like middle of the pack age. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and- not to say you're ancient at all, but I mean, like in, in like professional <laughs> soccer terms, you know, certainly you're you're up there. I mean, the US, USL even. I mean, I think that the average age has got to be probably 24 or somewhere in that range. Yeah, I mean, there's also like teams like I think um, Louisville. If you look at their roster, their roster. I mean, I don't think I think they have maybe like three or four guys that are under the age of 24. Um, so mostly, yeah, mostly like experienced veteran guys, kind of like my age. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's like players like I don't I can't think of any at the top of my head, but I know there's guys like in their 30s, mid 30s playing in the USL too. So yeah, uh, and yeah. I mean there's some at Hartford too, I think, but but yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, it's 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 so it was I was kind of like the the running joke, uh, you know, Uncle Peebo, Grandpa Peebo, just the old man, <laughs> the old man in the group. Which was good oh, banter. It was good banter. As long as you so got bummed. it and took it in good humor. I'm so yeah, bummed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna know that sooner. Here. To use that, that's that would have stuck so much. What I, I almost want to call Koo like later on tonight, just so he can call me an old man. Like, yes, <laughs> do it, do it. It's like, hey son, did you finish your homework tonight? <laughs> Get down from the Davenport. Um, except, except I guess TKD, he uh, he's now technically gone pro. So yeah, yeah, he graduated from academy status, but uh, he's still with the, he's still with the youngins. Yeah, he's still yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, we don't want to use too much of your time, so we've got a couple more questions. Um, yeah. So yeah. you alluded to it earlier. One of the questions we were going to ask is what you're going to do um, now that you're retiring from professional soccer, but you, you already said um, some coaching slash marketing opportunities are kind of surfacing right now, but that's yeah. – uh, that, that's fair. That's exciting to hear. Um, so one of the things about the, these interviews, you know, I say that as if this isn't the second one. Our intention was to do these through the end of the season, um, which I guess we're doing. But um, I, I mentioned this to you earlier uh, when I was talking to you, was that we're, we're trying to do um, – we're, we're doing this, this tie-in with the Loudon Stampede, and they're mm-hmm. donating a dollar for every single listen to this episode up to a certain point. Um, and and that's, that money is going to go to uh, a philanthropic organization or any sort of, you know um, – A charity of your choice. Yeah, charity okay. of your choice um, around, you know, preferably local. It doesn't need to be local. It's somewhere in the general area. I mean, whatever. But um, – yeah. I mentioned that to you. You said that, you know, you were going to work on that. Have you thought about that at all? You, have you picked a place, a, a organization now? Yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, so, so DC scores is an organization that I've been meaning to get around and get involved with for, for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know now that the season's over and, you know, simultaneously my career is over, <laughs> I think it's the perfect time to kind of, you know, just reach out and kind of get involved. But I was, you know, that's the first organization I thought off the bat. 
Um, you know, I know they're doing a lot of good work within the district and a lot of uh, good things in the community um, for, for the youth. And, and for me, that's like perfectly aligned with what I believe in. I think uh, a lot of kids in our area should have more opportunities to, to not only just play the game, but also just be putting um, platforms to, yeah. to succeed, whether that be like, um, you know, writing or creative or, or, you know, whatever they're interested in. So um, yeah, that would be the, that would be the organization for me. That's, that's awesome. One we keep talking over and over like almost every episode about like how, it, you know, the, the soccer, like the youth soccer system in America, well, I don't want to say it's broken, but like, you know, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be like the, the people's sport. Everybody has a chance. And like, it's just so paid. All you need right is a now. ball and, yeah. two, th- yeah. and two things yeah. to designate and, the goals. And dude, yeah. it's, it's an yeah. easy thing to be passionate about. I, I love that you are, um, you know, I, I certainly love, I love that choice. Uh, DC scores is a great organization. So that's, that's an easy mm-hmm. one to, yeah. to, to choose and, and to love. So that's awesome. I appreciate you uh, mentioning them. So we'll, We'll get that lined up with, with the stampede. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome. No, thank you guys for doing that. I mean, that's a yeah. great, that's a great initiative that you guys are doing. So respect yeah. to you for that. Yeah. All right. So we got a couple, we're almost done with you. We got a couple. More. Adam, <laughs> Adam, Adam, you got yeah. One? Anyways. Yeah. I got a couple, um, I guess, uh, you know, while you were here with uh, loud and what was your, like your most favorable moment, favorite moment, your favorite game uh, playing with loud and um, hmm. there's quite a few actually. Um, if you have to do a top three, that works too. Top three. <laughs> I'll, I'll just try to go off and, and see where we get. But right. the first no game was obviously like, – yeah, seriously. The first game was uh, obviously it's got to be a favorite. Even though we lost, it was kind of like that moment where we kind of, you know, established ourselves and we're like, all right, this is actually happening. That game against Nashville. That's right, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a tough, tough game. But, like, I don't know, it just – like I always tell people, is it was always the goal for me to come back and play for like my hometown, um, quote unquote, like club. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you know, just having that you know experience, um, you know, just being able to start that. And then there's always um, the first goal with by Griffin, which for me I love. You know, like the, going back to uh, the old man. Like one of my roles that I really try to do this. <laughs> during my time here is just kind of encourage, encourage these young guys and just kind of like coach them up whatever it you know it is like if they needed tough love tough love also encouraging them but like Griffin's uh first goal um that he scored against Memphis um that was a great moment um first goal in history um I remember it well yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was awesome because I was like right behind I had like the perfect view too and he took that guy inside and as soon as it hit his foot it took a deflection but as soon as it hit left his foot I was like oh that's a goal that's oh, 100% a goal. Yeah, yeah yeah um and then our first game I believe it was against Philly at Audi um Ooh. that was amazing just because like we were playing in front of you guys like my family was there my friends were, were all in town from like um college and stuff so just being able to play in front of them that was really the moment where I was like damn like we're home we're really home home um it's wonderful yeah, I got a couple more, but yeah. <laughs> go, but, uh, I mean, like I'll, I know you've got them, an interview lined together. up as well, but yeah, like I, you feel free oh, to yeah. go, man. Yeah, no, uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put them both together. But both the um, Ryan's first game against Swope Park, where we won against in like late in the game, and then uh, where we beat um, um, St. Louis, 90th minute. Those are both like really. Like I will always remember those moments just from like mm. celebrating. I kind of included those on my videos because they're just like 
just unreal moments that like you kind of live for as a soccer player, just winning the game late or after like grinding through, grinding through such a difficult match and just like a back and forth. Like you guys saw the one against St. Louis. It was just like, all right, we're up and then they're up and then we're up. And it's just like (laughs) a lot of back and forth, but yeah, those are all great moments, man. I can, I can go down the list and kind of like talk about it for days, but yeah. Dude, well, we, we live for those moments too. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, we, yeah, for sure. Those yeah. those la- those ninety minute goals. We, we that's when we start throwing trash cans and stuff. And we, get, <laughs> we get rowdy, man. So um, and now oh, now you're uh, you, you know even if you get into coaching, now you're a fan too. So like yeah, no exactly. exactly. But, um, yeah. All right, one yeah. one last question for you. Um, and, yeah, and also you know definitely want to to say you know like in the past you know we've seen you like you know come out to to events and stuff for the Stampede. So if you do come out to an event. Um, you don't have an excuse now that you're no, no longer a pro player. You better be having a beer. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I'm going to have beers, plural, beers. That's, that's right. All right. First one's on me. But um, all right. So last question is, um, what do you want to say to the fans? That, you know, uh, just general Loudoun United fans, uh, what, do you, what do you have to say to them about, you know, your career or just anything? Man, uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, it's, a, it's a damn shame that, uh, you know, we didn't get to see you more this year, but um just want to you know from the bottom of my heart appreciate all the love and the support um you know you guys have have shown us through like the thick and thin obviously last year wasn't the greatest year in the beginning we kind of had some tough results but you guys have always been there supporting us um you know home and away um and you know for that I'm appreciative um you guys have always shown love to me you know as a as a as a captain as a leader of the team and you know, even bringing me on right now, that's, you know, says a lot to me that, you know, I could probably never explain, but thank you guys so much for, for your love. And I know it's very cliche to say, but like, I will never forget you guys, um, you know, the things you guys are doing for the club. So thank you. Well, I'm going to cry right now. So this is, oh. this is hard. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You know what? Keeper, nice Keeper asked a similar question today and I was like, Keeper, you're trying to make me cry, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, I wasn't anticipating no. getting emotional during this, but, uh, yeah, yeah but no, it's, it's, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart, honestly, like I'm, uh, I'm a man of like family and, and like, uh, close closeness. And I like to yeah. acknowledge people that, you know, I experienced good relationships with. So, um, yeah. you know, going forward, like, like you said, man, we'll be, we'll be partying and, and drinking at the next games and just uh, rooting for Loudon. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for everything. And I noticed that uh, just wanted to say, yeah, when you named some of your moments with the other people on the team, I, I really thought that was a, you know, amazing thing that you did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Cool. So, yeah, sure. very unselfish. I think you'll do great in the next stages of your life, wherever Thanks, it may sir. take We're- you. We're definitely rooting for you, even even beyond Loudon. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing you continue to succeed in, in everything in life. But uh, but uh, certainly, you know, thanks for coming on the podcast, and, and thanks for everything you did for the team and captaining, leadership, everything. Um, so uh, yeah, I got I got nothing but gratitude, man. Thank Same you, guys. Here. You guys, we'll uh, we'll have to circle back when things settle down a little bit and uh, head right. up to LBC or something. You know, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas, take care. Stay safe. Till next time. Take care. Peace Thank out. you, Pebo. Yep. That was awesome. That was yeah. like that's the ideal interview right there. That's perfect. So um so yeah, there you go. Indeed. Like yeah, I said, I was just surprised how very unselfish he was. Well, I think that so this this interview right here, um, I, not only you know like in this podcast, like it sums up kind of like the season, right? Like there's yeah. a lot of crap that that happened. You know, we didn't have the record we wanted, even though we had a potential opportunity with the group F being the way it was didn't capitalize, you know, like the COVID happened and didn't make things easy. It didn't make, you know, watching games, but like, yeah. despite all that, we got great people, um, you know, having Pebo on it and, 
and getting this podcast up and running. You know, if you're listening, you know, hopefully it's because you, you enjoy listening to our, our dumb voices, but like <laughs> that, that was cool. That was awesome yeah. to have him on, to tell him that, you know, to, to be able to have a, a, a point from the fans to be able to say how much we appreciate him as a captain. Yep. That's, so, that's wonderful. That, that, uh, that was awesome, but that sucks also. So, um, we're going to, we got a couple of last things we want to touch on and then we're going to wrap up with, with, um, or kind of like awards this season, but, um, team first talk. we're going to take a quick break. Oh yeah. Sorry. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's, um, uh, let's talk about, um, our, our official sponsor, um, the Loudon Stampede. Um, so a quick, a quick shout out to the Loudon Stampede. <clears throat> they, um, are the official supporters group for Loudon United. Um, and they have been, um, our, our proponent and sponsor since the beginning of the Two Loud Adams podcast, uh, major, major fans and kind of backing us through everything. Um, they are uh, obviously wrapping up the season along with the team, nothing else for them to root for. I'm kind of gearing up with lots of great ideas and what to do um, and support uh, both the missions at Segra and, uh, and, and Loud United as well. But um, they've got their end of season party. Uh, if you're a member, you've got that email and you know where and, and what the details are about that. Um, if you're a Loudon Stampeder and you listen to this, we'll, we'll see you there. Um, certainly something we both are looking forward to. But, um, but yeah, so big shout out to Loudon Stamp- Stampede. Indeed. And uh, here's, to, and as I said earlier, here's to uh, hoping next year we get to meet all in person. That's right. That's right. So, um team talk uh usl is really hard you know they don't they don't really publish a lot of like contracts and stuff we don't know who's going to stay um and who's going obviously we know at least one name not um, to mention there were like 10 different people who moved in and out on the from the academy side yeah so we we uh, know at least uh people is is no longer with us next year that's that's gonna be a huge loss um versatile um, yep. Not only defender, but you know someone who who played in the attacking role, you know, on the wing as well. But another also, person. It's, uh, sorry. Also, it's uh, highly likely that the uh, men who went up to DC United are probably not coming back. I would say those that went up and who have been playing there all season. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. Know well, we'll see. I mean, who knows what DC spends in the off season um, for veteran uh, players? You never know if we get them back yep. on loan or with how the COVID rules uh look next season um but one player it looks like uh through digging around social media that we're gonna have back next year is, is tyler gabara um just a little bit of digging not sure Ooh, if that's confirmed or not but that's another versatile uh player who plays well in the wings uh, both in defense and attack so um that's that's your your rumor we're, we're working with but um not not a whole other lot of information i don't i don't suspect us getting alion and Adore back i, I think Gosh, it sucks that he didn't really get going the way we know he's capable of doing. Um, but but he didn't, and he's he's on loan again this year, so I, I don't anticipate. You think Simon Lefebvre is going to stick around, or do you think so, he'll? I think the 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 draft players. I think that they're on either two or three year contracts. Generally, that's how it works, I believe. Um, I'm not pos- positive. Like I don't know whatever happened with that Andrew Verde kid, the one who got brought in. Um, I think I mentioned before he decided to go back to Michigan. We'll see his, his, his he wanted to finish out his year, right? But I think he yeah. was a senior, so I don't know what happened after that. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine that of, I imagine that if he does decide to try, you know, coming back to the team, he'd have to be on like a separate contract. But 
I'm not, no, I, I don't he know goes under his, he's still locked under his super draft contract. Okay. So just like Donovan Pines last year, um, the rest of the, the, the um, drafted kids are, are, I think, still locked into contracts. Yeah, um, so I thought Pines just, you know, jumped on from the Terps. He didn't go through the draft. Nope, he was our first pick um, last year, hmm. DC. So, um, so Simon, I believe, will probably be around next year. I think we'll be able to see him for a full year. I, I hope we get Colin to stick around because I think he was a draft pick also from two years ago. Um, I, I'd imagine Fawole as well sticks around. But, but yeah, so, um, so then moving along, um, one of the things that is – it's not really something we, want, we really want to, to brag about, but uh, Loudoun United – did receive an award um, this season. Uh, it's not the award that you want, but um, uh, the the Stampede, the supporters group w- was contacted because it looks like the supporters group is generally who holds this award because a team doesn't want to hold it, was contacted by the USL Wooden Spoon Award. Uh, Tell us what a wooden spoon is, Adam. Well, you know what a supporter shield is. It's where you give it's what sh- you give the team who has the best record in the league at the end of the season. That's right. The so they might not have won the championship. Is the ignoble they... version of that where yeah. you basically give it to a club that had the worst record. It was an unofficial tradition that was started in uh, MLS about 10 years ago and since then it's kind of just spread around to the uh, various leagues unofficially to yes. mark whoever the team with the worst record has been. Yep so and you're absolutely right so that that supporters um, yep. shield goes to the best record not necessarily the champion right because yep. that goes the, to the, yep. the, the winner of the playoffs. Or but- for you movie buffs out there it's like the difference between winning an Oscar and winning a Razzie. And the wooden spoon is the Razzie. So um, the, 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 on social media, the, the USL wooden spoon has its own accounts. And one of the things they've been doing is kind of gearing up and talking about Loudoun United and the Stampede. And the other team that was in contention for it, I think it was Rio, Rio Valley or something, they ended up getting their first win. And that all, it was all it took with the amount of draws they had. That was all it took for them to be above us in record and points. So we were kind of holding out hope that they wouldn't uh, pass us, but they did. Um, so that officially, now that our season's over and theirs is not, that officially locks us into the wooden spoon um, contention. Yeah. So that's, that's okay. Uh, more to come on whatever. For what it's worth, we, I, know, I think if you want to go across the entire league, um, I just glanced at some stats here. Loudon is tied in uh, goals and conversion rate with the OKC Energy. And uh, they're, on the other hand, uh, they have four more shots in the OKC energy at the bottom of the table. So that's mm. something, unless OKC plays a few more games and that might change. Yeah, for if whatever you, reason, they're, they're not in the conversation. If you do want uh, uh, something that Loudon was number one in, though, uh, they're currently top of the league in red cards with five. That's uh, something. That is that is something. Five red cards, even if a couple of those were, uh, shall we say, based on uh, bullshit calls. But it's Fair unfortunately enough. it still counts. <laughs> um, all right, so <laughs> that is uh, not what we want. But we'll we'll take red cards and we'll we'll take the wooden spoon. And maybe we'll we'll unless uh, Birmingham gets a few of them in the coming in their last few games. Yeah. In which case, go for it, Birmingham. Yeah. So. Um, <sighs> Next season is is the talk. We'll talk real quick about it next season, um, and then we'll get into the awards for the, the end of the year. 
Um, right. You know, really the only expectation, you know, assuming and hoping that COVID is under control and things go back to some semblance of norm normality next year. Um, you know, I think that like, if you, if you're asking for like a wish list for a fan, I'm hoping uh full scale bathrooms at Segra. That's, that's. The oh, one. hell yes. Yeah. That would be, that would be nice. <laughs> they, uh, they do a flush. Uh, that would be great. Um, yeah. Real Segra heads. No. <laughs> Yeah, and, a row um, upon row of porta potties that greeted you when the stadium opened, and uh, still has yet to be remedied. Yeah, and and I think that they, I think they'll be able to get it done this time. But the other uh, on the wish list is, you know, I was really geared up about the end of the season brunch game that we were gonna have. It was like an 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, I want that for next year because I want my Bloody Mary while I'm watching the game um, next season. So. <laughs> Oh, that's that's up there on the wish list. I don't know if you've got any wish list uh, items for for 2021. Hmm. So, um, yeah. So, all right then, let's jump into uh, the final segment of this episode, and then we'll 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 let y'all go for the 2020 season. But we wanted to 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 sum up the the season in in a handful of of awards. Um, one of the things Adam and I have been doing is keeping track of player performances. Uh, scaling them on uh, whether they've had, you know, uh, absolutely terrible or poor, um, average, good, uh, excellent, or just outstanding performances. And we've been grading them on a scale of, of zero to 10 throughout the season. Um, yeah. If there's naming, one thing we love at the Adams, it's just geeking out when we can in our off times. That's right. So we love, we love stats. We love numbers. And, and so um, that has been the driving force. And you know, we've tried to at least, apply some sort of scientific method to this, but that's been the driving force of what we've given our man of the matches. So if you've heard, you know, Adam and I say uh, our man of the match is this person um, and it may have conflicted with what was voted on by the Loudon Stampede, it's because those are two different man of the matches. Ours are, ours are different than theirs. So um, we took all those, um, you know, I, I want to just make a note that the uh, nobody had more than two man of the matches through the entire entirety of the season. Um, those that did have two were Cairo, um, TKD, Brandon Williamson, and, and that's it. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll finish with player of the year. I, I don't want to do that on last. Um, we're going to start off with the first award uh, that's going to go out to. And these awards, um, if you're listening, you're a player and you hear your name called, sorry. Um, we'll, we'll give you a piece of paper if you want. I don't know. But um, so... <laughs> First award, I think this is an easy one, and it's the goal of the season. Um, that one, in, in, for me, is going to be going to Elvis's just absolute rocket against Hartford that is, um, I think, in orbit at this point. I think it's just keep – it's continuing to go. Yeah. So that's, that's an easy one. Um, performance of the season, I think that one right there is, is a home game uh, record night for Simon Lefebvre. Oh yeah, the thirteen was it thirteen saves or fifteen yep. saves? Yeah, not, only a, 13. not only not only allowed in record, but that was a USL championship. That was a league. Yep, the fourth goalie in the league to in the league's history that to uh, accomplish that feat in a single yep. night. So bars set high um, for our, our our new keeper between the sticks. If we've got him next year, definitely um, somebody uh, that we're we're looking forward to to continue to see him grow. Um, our our French giant, six foot nine French giant. So. So yeah. Um, yeah, especially because he got just uh, not just a little more time on the field than Colin Miller by the end of this season. Yep, short as it was, but uh, I think we're I think the team as well as ourselves were expecting great things from him. Going yeah, absolutely. Into okay, 
one. So the next award we've got um, is not always everybody's favorite award, but um, you know, we're, we're still going to do it. And that's our <laughs> most improved player of the season. And looking at just the statistics of, of where they started in performances and, and how they ended the season um, that is going to Brandon Williamson. Um, someone who toward the end of the year became a staple player off the bench um, and, uh, and yeah, it was someone that coach really started to rely on uh, as the season went on. Yeah, I agree with you here. He kind of, uh, he struggled a little bit in the early goings this year, but then he eventually managed to find his rhythm. And uh, as he did, he really contributed to uh, keeping that ball out of our third. Yep. Um, the, the next award is actually, it's the 12th man award, meaning this is the, the player that was most influential off the bench, right? It's like the um, Manu Ginobili kind of individual, like not always everybody's top pick when they think of player of the year, because maybe he would have started more, but um, was so influential off the bench that I think that uh, he needed to be mentioned. And, and this is actually, I've got this also going to Brandon Williamson. So it's the first player to, to win double awards so far. Um, but I've got to go into Brandon Williamson again. I think he was just massive when he did come off the bench and just uh, really, really impacted the, the flow of the game. I suppose so. Um, I think he, he um, looking at some stats here, I believe he was subbed in like in nine of the games that he appeared in. Mm-hmm. Well, considering that he appeared in 10 of them. But yeah, he went, when he needed somebody off the bench to be to fill that super sub role, for lack of a better term, he was there. Oh, I, I thought I didn't know he started in a game at all, but that's good to hear. He, yeah, I think he, he started um, one out of the ten. Apparently, he, he was a big. I mean, an absolute big part of the ACC um, team, the the Duke ACC team. He was all ACC. He was a stud player in college, and so I I think if we're able to retain him in Loudon next year, I think he's a is a staple part of our midfield. So I'm excited. They still that. hate Duke at Maryland. Trying to figure out. I don't know. I mean, they used um, to, and then they moved to the Big Ten, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. So they're, the next award to... is the Utility Player of the Year. This is this is an award that goes to the player that um, we felt was utilized in the in the major in the largest amount of roles across the field. And this is this is actually kind of a tie, although I think I'm leaning in one one direction, and maybe the other Adam is is leaning in different. But you know, initially as the season started off, this was this was hands down this was going to be Elvis he was put into a striker role into winger roles and then he was dropped into an attacking midfield and then almost a holding midfield role Um, but as the season went on he stayed in that same midfield you know central role and then eventually even didn't play the last four or so games Um, and I think that this changed in my opinion to Tyler Gabar I think Tyler Gabar went from winger to striker to attacking midfielder to midfielder to left back. And um, I think he played every position on the field other than center back and goalkeeper. I don't know. Let's put him in keeper, see what he can do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so my, my vote for the, the um, utility player of the year is Tyler Gabara. Um, what were you at with this, Adam? I think I agree with Gabara. Also, I wanted to, uh, I guess, do a thing to Christian Sorto. Granted, he spent most of his time in the midfield, but uh, he the guy could go box to box. And, and on Fawole's first goal, he literally did do that. He uh, stole the ball, kicked it over, took the pass back, and then in the on the other side of the field and just managed to slide it to Fawole for his first goal of, the, of his career. Yeah. So I was kind of, it was kind of a bummer that Sordo couldn't get uh, a goal of his own, even though he came really close a couple times. But... 
honestly, you know, think it's thanks on the, you know, the few really good offensive plays that this team had this year. He wasn't, he was an unsung hero in all of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So there are three awards left. Um, one of them is still undecided. Um, and that's the people's choice award. Uh, this is an award that we want you all to have a say in. Um, what we're doing is we're taking all the polling numbers from games uh, that the Loudon Stampede did for their voting during the season. Um, and then we also put the question out on social media. So if, you, if you're on social media, if you're on Instagram or Twitter um, and, and you missed the poll, you know, feel free to message us or whatever whenever you're listening to this. But let us know who your favorite player is, and we're going to try to compile them and uh, make that announcement on on one of our on our, on our accounts on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so 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 stand by on who the People's Choice Award uh, Player of the Year is. Um, but that's that's something we definitely wanted to give you guys. So yeah. So, yeah. so the last two awards are uh, the Player of the Year. We'll do that last. Um, that's obviously the most significant of all these. And then the Young Player of the Year. This is going to go to ideally you know like an, an Academy candidate or a recent Academy. Um, under 20 year old, you know, not necessarily like a draft or kid or anything like that, but someone who's, who's one of the young bucks, um, truly a young buck. Um, I've, I've got a leader for this. I think I know who it is for me. Um, yeah, this one's a bit of a tough one for me, but uh, I guess I'd like to hear your, uh, your version first. Sure. Just because of his two man of the match performances, because he got the, the goal in our one win. Um, you know, we had him, all of the performances across the, the year, he had one of the better performances uh, of the season in that New York game. And that was uh, Theodore, Theodore Cudipietro. I think Ted TKD, T, uh, Ted Cudipietro is, is the guy. Um, I think he's my, my shoe in for young player of the year. I guess. So. Uh, yeah. I've, I did look at the others at the various people like 18 and unders, you know, Jeremy Garay had some really good, uh, that's a really good run. Jacob Greeny held down the def- and Adam Lundegaard. A couple of big mistakes aside, he they both held down the fort. Yeah. Also, we got to see some appearances by Issa Mudashiru, who no literally nobody saw coming until he popped up on the starting list and played 34 minutes. Uh, Diego Gomez Ochoa, another surprise to the point where we were like, wait, we have two Gomez's. Hmm. And uh, he did an okay, he did a decent job uh, over in midfield, and of course Ronald R J Fuentes, uh, Lucharito, who uh, popped up in a couple of different games, and uh, we're still looking forward to his progression uh, through the yeah. academy and maybe through Loudon again. So, but uh, and but despite all those names I listed, I I keep coming back to Ted Cudi Pietro, yeah, and how not just the goal that he did make, but also how a lot of the, uh, when they were in the box, how he just frustrated the opposing defenders mm. and uh, made them take notice of him. And so, yeah, I got to agree with you in the end that it, give it to Ted Goody Pietro. Yeah. So Jeremy Gray was definitely someone who was in contention early in the season. I think he had two amazing performances uh, pre COVID at Philly um, and in that, that he was probably the only shining light uh, that I'd like to be able to think about in that, that initial loss to Hartford, that 3-1 loss at Hartford. Um, and, and he had a great, great performance in uh, one of our best games of the year, even though it ended up in a draw, which was that Hartford 2-2 draw. Um, but he didn't play the last four games for whatever reason. I don't know the details on that. So I, I think that 
even though we didn't see Ted a lot later in the season either, he, he only played one of those last four games. We did see him. He continued to put in performances. And I don't think he really had any bad performances um, this season. I think he was a staple throughout. So I, I think I got to give it to Ted. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so there. If we're, um, if we're allowed to name non-academy players, though, I'd also like to shout out uh, Cairo Mustafa. 19 years old and uh when the when Loudon needed an attacking player he uh just zipped up and down the field eventually so getting I, a few goals for himself I would agree um I think Kairou is is definitely a contender for young player of the year but I disagree for the reason that I am giving him the player of the year award I think Ooh. that he is the Loudon United player of the year um I think that his overall performances were just stellar. And I think he was the game breaker for Loudon. He was the person, if, if you ever sat into an opponent's, uh, you know, film room before uh, them traveling here or us traveling to them, I'm sure that the first name that they mentioned was, Hey, this guy, Cairo, he's fast. He's good. Watch out for him. So no disagreement from me. Yeah. So I, I think that the player of the year is Cairo and Mustafa um, without yeah. question. So, yeah. Though I also do want to give another, a shout out to Josh Fawole for, uh, his own efforts on the attacking half of the field. And, sure. uh, you know, the second, the second round draft pick for DC United uh, made a very, very good case for why he should get called up in the near future. But for yep. that, but as I said earlier in this episode, Cairo Mustafa is one of, is a player who's been named as going on trial for DC United with what's left of their season this year. Well, and both those guys, I think, have a, yeah. have a shot. I know that um, DC brought in a new striker, and we don't need to get into DC stuff. But you know, yeah. both those guys, I think, have a shot in in trying to to put you know goals together for a team that is is stacked in many parts of the field, but maybe isn't finishing um, quite you know a very similar situation to what we had you know here in Loudon. But that's that's yeah. It. But any pro team in need, if you need a guy to play in the right wing or a striker. You want to take a look at Cairo Mustafa. No, you no, you don't. No, you don't. No, he stays. Just, you know, no. just why would you say look that? at him from afar? Don't don't take. Yeah, him from don't us. touch him. No, <laughs> why would you say? No, 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 Cairo, stay, stay with us. No, bless. Why would you say such a terrible thing? Um, yeah. So to all you pro teams out there listening, stay away. Um, he's uh. our he's our guy. Um, all right. So that that wraps up our our season awards. That wraps up. Our season, that's, that, is, that is it, everybody. Um, you know, we definitely appreciate everybody tuning in each week and uh, putting up with our voices week in and week out. Uh, we, we love that uh, we were able to kind of get this thing started. Um, and and we, we told you guys from the beginning it's more of a hobby than anything else, but we're hoping that we're continuing to put out, you know, stuff that you guys want to listen to. So, so there's certainly, um, yeah, it, this is a bittersweet ending, but we're looking forward to – to kind of sharpen our teeth in the off season and, and, and taking some pointers and learning a little bit on what we can bring to the table in 2021. Yep. And uh, with a couple interviews under our belt, it's almost like we're a real podcast now. That's right. We're, we're it, man. We're a real podcast. This is, this is yeah. it. We, we got a lot of cool stuff um, and great ideas for the 2021 season. You know, obviously we want to continue the interview series going forward uh, with players, maybe even get some staff and even some fans um, maybe on here. We definitely want to, we want to expand our, our viewer and listeners. Um, and uh, we've got a couple other cool things that we're working on. And I, I think that once we make the announcement of them, you guys are going to be really, really tickled. Don't jinx them yet. That's right. So, 
Um, yeah, I, I got, I got nothing else. Um, it, it's a, it's a heartbreaking end to the season, even though, uh, you know, no, no postseason, but also no finish to the season and that's okay. Yeah. Um, so it was cut short by COVID, but, uh, you know, that just gives us more time to prep for 2021 to come back with an even bigger and better, uh, podcast. In my bigger opinion. and better podcast, better show. That's right. Yep. I don't so, know. Maybe, maybe they'll call us two at two plus one loud Adams. Well, I don't know. I hope they don't do that. Yes, let's, <laughs> let's not go that far. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So signing off for 2020, uh, this is Adam and Delavitz. Hey, and this is Adam Davis. This has been two loud Adams and stay loud and united. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Cheers. The Two Loud Adams podcast is proudly sponsored by the Loudon Stampede, the official supporters group for Loudon United, and hosted by Adam Davis and Adam Mendelovitz. The executive producer is Mike Myers. If you'd like to be a part of our sponsorship, then hit the follow button and reach out. Cheers for now. <laughs>